Bear Nation, how we doing? This is your host, Rob Napoli, and you are tuning in to another episode of the Bear Necessities Podcast, a podcast where we sit down with entrepreneurs, ecosystem partners, and innovation folks to talk about what it takes to launch, create, and scale businesses across the world. How we doing, Bear Nation? We are back again for another episode of the Bear Necessities Podcast. I am your host, Rob Napoli, and today should be a fun one. We're going to be talking with a fellow coach friend of mine, uh, Mitch Webb, who empowers others with the belief and skills necessary to look, feel, and perform the best. They can live the life they deserve. He is the owner of Primal Lift Health Coaching, and we'll get into his journey um, here, here in a second, but he's had an amazing transformative journey uh, in his own life. That led him into wanting to be um, a coach for others. Mitch, welcome to the show. Appreciate you having here. Rob, appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to uh, to be hanging with you. I know. I love every time we get on a call. Like for our listeners at home, every time uh, Mitch and I get on a call, uh, we realize that about an hour in that we have to talk some business, and it's like we bullshit <laughs> for an hour. It's like, wait a second, what just happened? Where at the time go? We should probably talk a little business. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah squirrel. <laughs> um, I'm here first, so uh, hopefully that's not uh, foreshadowing to come on this episode. But you know, Mitch, you know, you're down there in in, in the Raleigh Durham area, and and. You know, and also, you know, you like to cook up a little barbecue, which I have a soft spot for. Um, hey, being, I like that. Being a Missouri boy myself from Kansas City. That's um, right. You know, I love that barbecue. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey? I know it's a bit long, but hitting the high points of, of your health journey, um, what you kind of overcame, I think it's a good place for us to start. Yeah, man, it is. It is quite the journey. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. Um, I'm just going to give you the high level points and then we can get to the to providing value for your for your audience here. So uh, my journey started. I was a normal guy. College. I uh, was partying in, in Europe. I fell out of a second story window. Um, I had a TBI that resulted in panic attacks, insomnia, um, started having autoimmune symptoms. I had psoriasis. So like uh, dry skin all over my body at one time. And then I uh, moved into a house that had black mold, uh, developed Lyme disease. I uh, found out that I had heavy metal toxicity. I had diabetes. I was about 50, 75 pounds overweight. Um, had another TBI, um, all kinds of gut issues, dis- uh, a hormone disruption. And I had three COVIDs. Two of those were long haul. So I had symptoms for about two years. And um, you know now I'm at the best shape I've, I've been in, in in over a decade, so I'm super thankful for that. And that's because of the team of people that I surround myself and the work that I'm constantly doing and, and now sharing with others. Wow. I mean, <clears throat> falling out of a second floor window in, in Europe has to be uh, scary, crazy, and and a wild uh, thing all in itself. Um, yeah, especially where, when you're 20 years old. <laughs> I was going to say, was it a college story? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. It was the World Cup. It was the World Cup. And uh, we were there. I was there for eight, six or eight weeks for study abroad. And I was in Germany. Um, Germany was, I think they got third that year. And we were partying. I was drinking. I, I fell. I, I literally was talked, uh, pulling a bottle back and fell two stories and hit my head. I, I woke up in the... Uh, um, everybody's kind of asking me what was going on. And yeah, it was it was scary. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't know what to do. I was afraid. I thought that I was going to get in trouble. Yeah, right? and so Man, I you could have walked anything. into the hospital and get that free healthcare though. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I I stumbled around the city drinking um, Coca Cola and and eating like Big Macs the next day, and was just 
puking. I couldn't eat for like two or three. That didn't go well. So, you know, puking and not eating for two or three days. But the doctors told me that uh, I was able to avoid a stroke, likely because of the amount of uh, alcohol that was in my body at the time. So, hey, there was, there's some uh, silver linings in the, in the booth there, I guess. <laughs> So, you know, you, you've had all these kind of health issues and you, you surround yourself with the right team and you went on kind of your, 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 your journey, right. To, to get healthy. Um, what was, what was the moment when you, you said to yourself, I need help. Well, when things weren't right, right. Like I would, I remember, um, I guess the first time I reached out for help, it was because I knew something was wrong because I stayed there for an additional six to eight weeks, you know, that was like night two or three, uh, continued to drink and have a good time and just thought that I could cover. I thought it was a bad hangover, right? Well, I got home and I wasn't sleeping and I was using alcohol or cannabis, um, to, to kind of put me to sleep. And I was like learning to, you know, very alcoholic tendencies. I didn't know. I mean, everybody's drinking in college. So I thought it was kind of normal, but I was using booze to go to sleep and not en- not too much so that I wouldn't have a hangover, but enough to get me to sleep so I wouldn't feel bad the next day. And, you know, if I didn't do that, I was just laying awake, staring at the ceiling all night and um, lights were flashing. I felt very uncomfortable in public. I'm usually, you know, life of the party, loving to share. And I went to the on-campus doctor and I sat in there and I kind of told him like, hey, this is, I have tightness in my chest. I don't feel comfortable in, in public situations. I'm not sleeping. And he wrote down, you know what you have? So I got my first label, which I'm a big, not a big fan of this. And he wrote down the word anxiety. And me, I had no idea what that word was. I'd never heard of it before. Uh, I was very ignorant to that. And, and I took that on as a label and um, used that for years to, uh, you know, to describe what was going on to doctors when really there was, there was head trauma that needed to be addressed. So that was my first time, you know, reaching out. And so when did you, you know, when did you find out you had the TBI and when did, when did that kind of come to light? What happened? Well, um, you know, back then TBI, it wasn't TBI. It was like, you got your bell rung. You know what I mean? Like, just like, I don't know if you play, I think you played sports, right? So yeah, I played football. Yeah. I played college football. Yeah. Like what you got your, you got your bell rung. That was like a rite of passage. You know what I mean? Like I went to a, um, I think I went and got like a CT or an MRI, like right when I got back and they were like, Hey, you got, you got no Dane Bramage, man. Like you're, you're good to go get back in the game. And that same thing happened. Uh, my second head injury where I was hit by a dump truck about three years ago. I don't know if I mentioned that, but, um, same thing there. I got a brain scan and I came out and they were like, Hey, uh, everything's good. Like you have no permanent brain damage, but I, yet I had a, post-concussion syndrome for about a year and it was a lot more normal at that time movies like the will smith the uh the tbi movie i can't remember what that was and you know cte and those things have been popular so there's the book if anybody does have a tbi i would highly recommend the book uh the the, the concussion was it the concussion protocol or something like that uh i can't remember the guy's name but it's like the anyway i'm, I'm, I'm butchering that but it's something like the the I can't. <laughs> There's a concussion right there. Yeah, the concussion repair manual. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're going through this, right, and you're fighting all this stuff out, there's also the part that you were overweight and you lost all this weight. What made you, when you went through all this journey, right, you, you come out the other side, what made you decide, like, I'm going to leave my, you know, strong, solid corporate account executive job and help others overcome things like I did? Like what made you make that switch to wanting to become a coach and a health coach at that 
what what was there was there a moment was there was it just like um a thing that kind of happened over time what was that calling yeah man lyme disease is pretty nasty and um you know, there's doctors out there that don't recognize it. They'll tell you you're crazy. It's in your head. They don't treat you. The longer you're not treated, the worse it gets. So, you know, it goes from like a, a bite, a tick bite and a bullseye rash to like neurological issues. And, you know, you basically your body and brain shutting down and everybody's different. And so I was I was in getting treated for that. And, you know, honestly, I, I did not look at, I, you know, I didn't like the labels. I mentioned that I would not go on and look in forums and see what how that manifested or what are the signs and symptoms? I didn't, I didn't care. I just said, whatever I'm going to do or whatever I need to do, tell me what I'm going to do and I'm going to get better. And those are the type of clients that I like. Um, but what I noticed is I was doing my own research too. Like I was diving in, you know, I, Hey, I live here in the South. And at the time, um, some of the cutting edge stuff that I use ketogenic diets, fasting, high, I mean, high intensity interval training. I was really into, you know, uh, hyperbaric oxygen and cryotherapy and, and infrared light and, and all kinds of uh, flotation therapies. I was trying everything. Right. And um, so I had a good team of doctors around me and and um, but I would be sitting in the waiting rooms and I'd see other people that had Lyme disease. And I felt like I was the only one that was getting better in the office. And I just um, I want to I want to help those around me. And so I would I would see these people in the office, the waiting room, and they're just really sad and upset. And I would say, hey, man, like what's going on? And they would tell me like, oh, I've got this symptom and that. And I'd say, oh, hey, like, have you tried this? This worked for me. Whenever I feel like this, I do this and I do that. Um, and here's my number. Call me. Um, uh, you know, tell me what's going on. Maybe we can support each other, if anything else. And when I felt really bad, helping someone else made me feel better. And there's so many things that I would say that I've overcome, like that uh, are, are quote unquote impossible, that I realize that if I can get better in these really shitty situations that anybody can. And I felt like it was my purpose and passion to, to, to help other people. And so I was working in the corporate world. I was working in my family business. It was a lot of stress. Um, and I just, I realized that I wasn't going to thrive or get better in that environment. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a ask questions later guy. Uh, so I, I took that idea of, I want to help other people, um, that this environment's not good for me. And I, I, I left and asked questions later, you know, there was a chiropractor at the time, that I was meeting with who, you know, could hang with me when we were talking about some of these advanced stuff, like we were on the same page. And I was like, man, I love what you do. I love that you get to do the things that you love and help people at the same time. But I have no idea where to start in like this health industry. Like, what am I a nurse? Am I a doctor? Like, what the hell am I? And uh, he's like, dude, you got an awesome story. You've overcome a lot of things. And he's like, you're, you're a health coach. And I said, what, what is that? And uh, I went and got, he goes, go get your certification. I will, um, I'll send you, I'll send you my clients. You can work with them. I think you'd do a great job. Now we were also going to open up like a recovery business with all these fun toys that I mentioned that never worked, but the health coaching did. And that's, I was already thinking about leaving. Um, and it was hard to walk away at 25 years old from a six figure income. And, you know, it is my family business. So it's, you know, a lot of promise of taking over a, a well-established business. And, but I, I was, I was focused on healing. And so, um, that's all I needed to hear to, to make the leap. And it was the best thing that I ever did. I mean, it, uh, I went and got my certification started working with clients and, uh, you know, here I am today. And, you know, there's a, you know, as a, as a coach myself with part of my business and, you know, there's a lot of stigma around coaching and, and, and getting a coach, right. Um, <clears throat> which, which is wild to me because the best athletes in the world have coaches. They've got strength coaches, nutrition coaches, health coaches, 
Um, so the b- biggest and best CEOs in the world will go like hire Tony Robbins. He's like a million dollars an hour um, to be their coach, right? And do these things. But yet the everyday person, the stigma around coaching, um, similar to what we see in therapy is why would I need a coach? Um, so how have you kind of overcome the stigma of being a coach when people bring that up to you? Or do you feel like there is a stigma, uh, especially about being a health coach in your industry? Well, I think first, um, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in pain to purpose, right? And I think there has to be enough of a pain that the person recognizes that they need help. And I think what we do as coaches is we're saving people time. We're giving people the shortcuts. Yeah, you can go. I tell people all the time, you don't need me to do this stuff. There's books, there's courses. Um, it took me more than a decade to figure out how to do this correctly. And now that I've worked with a lot of different, like there's not everybody's the same. And that's a big uh, part of my course is working with individuals, but I've seen enough that I, I have some clues on where to go. Um, and so if you want to start and, and learn all of this by yourself, I will point you in the right direction. I'll give you books and courses, but if you want the shortcut, you want to save time. You know, if I can take 10 years to 15 years of experience and distill that into six months of a year, and maybe you don't reach your goal, but I get you, I teach the lifestyle and a way of living and being um, and a process to to help yourself. That's what it's all about. It's about self-empowerment. I'm not going to be the one that's going to help you. You got to help yourself. And I can certainly um, uh, share it and, and light the way for uh, for that journey to start. I love that. And I, I think it's even important to say, like, there are no shortcuts in life, but what the coach does is allows you to not make all the mistakes. I guess it is kind of a shortcut, right? But like you still have to put in the work, but like you're going to make these mistakes. It took me 10 to 15 years. Why don't I just save you 10 to 15? You know, maybe it's a two year journey. Yeah. It's going to be a fucking journey. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and this is the thing you have to understand is that a lot of times people, I remember when I first started coaching, people would hire me to ask me questions to fix things for them and they wouldn't put in the work. And it's like, no, that's not what a coach is. Mm. A coach's job is to ask questions like, Andy Reid, I always use the Chiefs because I love, you know, my, my hometown hey, team, right? I hear but you. They're good. Andy Reid is the guy that, you know, him and his staff, they put the players in the position to make plays. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, all these people. But Andy doesn't go out there on Sundays and play. He does not put the work in on Sundays to play. He can scheme up a great game. He could do all the things, but he does not play the game. Yeah. So when you hire a coach at any level, the job is not – they don't come in and do your job for you, Right. Mm-hmm. They're doing their their job is to help guide you and put you in the position to be most successful, and you just kind of shared that you know that's where I think you really help people, and I, I think that that's such an it's such a hard thing for people to acknowledge that I'm going to hire somebody so I still have to put in the work, but I think those that do and get it, we all need that kind of accountability, right? Yeah. We need someone to help us through it. I think sometimes it's just a matter of, of, of needing somebody. Cause I mean, you, you mentioned in your story, if it wasn't for the people around you, it might've been a different ending to your story. Yeah. 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 It's, it's making that shift from a victim who needs rescuing, who's constantly sabotaging themselves to becoming the creator of your life and, and uh, you know, having someone to hold your hand through that process, you know, you don't need a savior. You know, you just need a path to take, a system to implement, and you got to do the work yourself. And the, the cool thing about that is um, as soon as you start to see the results and see that and, and you start to feel that empowerment building that, hey, if I do if I do something new, I get a new outcome. Well, if I it's almost like you get hooked on that, like, OK, give me some more. 
And so that's why we do like, like Cheerios coaching, right? So a kid has got a bowl of Cheerios. Uh, what do you, what's a kid going to do if you put a big bowl of, of Cheerios in front of him? He's going to like splash all over the place. It's going to be overwhelmed and he's, you know, probably maybe stops, you know? So what we like to do with Cheerios coaching is give him one, give him one Cheerio at a time. And so the mountain is, yeah, the journey can be hard, you know, but how do you, how do you eat a bear, right? It's, it's one bite at a time. And, and before you, before you know it, you've taken a couple bites, you look down and you're halfway up that damn mountain. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I like to talk about it in like, um, you know, we always like to say like we're going to plant like these big goalposts and it's like, we're going to climb top mountain, put up there. And it's like, no, like plant your flag in the sand. Like, it's like, okay, here's the first marker and you get to it. And then the second. So don't put it all the way up there because that is exhausting. You're never going to make it, but just put it two feet in front of you. And like, let's move that two feet and then that two feet and then that two feet. Yeah. And, and, and where people it's, it's about meeting people where, where they're at. Right. So you can't start everybody off at the same point. It's, it's having that individual conversation, understanding somebody at such a level that you know where they're at and you know what that, what they can handle and what that next step looks like for them. Yeah. What is, um, you know, when you, when you think about the clients that you work with in this health coaching journey, you know, you met that chiropractor who, who, you know, you were asking about your journey and, and really kind of put you down this journey. When you look and talk to your clients today, you know, what do you look for? Um, what do you look for in clients? You know, you talk about meeting them where they are. What do you look for? What do you, what are you looking to see that they, they have in them um, to decide whether you want to work with them or not? Well, I think first is, is a strong why, right? Like usually people come to me and there's a presenting problem, but I'm more about root causes, right? So the presenting problem is typically I'm overweight, I'm sick, I'm tired, I'm not performing the way that I want to, but that's not the root cause of what's going on. That may be why they reached out. And so we're going to dig down and see um, what's the root cause and, and, and address that, right? Um, remind me of the question again. I kind of went down a rabbit hole and blanked. No, that, that was the question is what are you looking for? Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm also looking for like, I'm, I'll look for that why. So they've got to have a strong why. Everybody wants to lose 15 or 20 pounds, but I'm not hiring somebody that wants to lose 15 or 20 pounds. I'm hiring, I'm letting someone hire me that wants to lose weight or, or reverse a diagnosis or feel better so that they can perform better, so they can be there for their family, so that they can have longevity, so that they can fulfill their purpose, whatever that is. And so they've got to be motivated. Um, they've got to be, I was going to say they have to be willing to do the work themselves, but that's something that we can teach as well. Um, so it's motivation. It's why it's, um, it's, it's, it's a being able to demonstrate a willingness to change. Yeah. And one thing that I, I like that you talk about is that, you know, the call it the why or the willingness to change, but I, I call it that, that intrinsic versus external motivation, right? They have to have enough intrinsic motivation for the external motivation to work. We have two types, intrinsically and external. External motivation is what we get from outside world. It gets us excited, but it doesn't carry us through. They got to have that in a fire that's burning inside them so that you can give them the right external motivation, the right guidance that that flame just goes, comes to life. And I think so many people want to, they want to make changes, but doing the fucking work scares them and there's no intrinsic motivation to make any changes. Uh, so I love that you look for that and, and that's hard, right? And so, you know, you had that, in, that, that internal flame, that intrinsic motivation to make big changes, right? There was all these things you got labeled as this and labeled as that bouncing around from doctors, trying to figure things out, you know, what advice would you give to somebody to take that first step to say, Hey, I want to go on this journey. 
personally and I need help. If what, what advice do you give to somebody to like start? Well, you know, I think it's, it's all about, you know, setting an intention and knowing, you know, start with the end of mind. I think uh, Stephen Covey says that, right? So, so really get a picture of what that looks like. Visualize it, okay? Um, what is it that I want and, and how is it going to feel uh, to have the thing that I want? So it's, it's like basically anchoring, um, is it worth it, right? So what's cool about setting an intention and then coming up with the emotion? What's the emotion that you expect that you're going to feel when you have the thing that you want, right? Is it is it uh, joy, gratitude, love, um, freedom? Freedom's a big one for me. Um, and if, if it means enough to you to have those things, get in touch with that feeling and, and set that intention. And that's like kind of plugging in where you're going to go into the GPS. It's like, what is it when, you, when you're in, your, in a plane? Um, a lot of people will say, take action first. Like, just take action, just take action. Well, if we don't know where we're going, um, and we're just taking action. Is that really moving the needle? We want to be going towards something. So, so be sure that that's a, a, a worthy goal and something that's going to benefit you. And the more you can get in touch with how that's going to change your life and how that's going to make you feel, um, getting in touch with that why, you're going to have to remember that at different points in the journey, but you best start with it as well so that we know where we're going. Yeah, I love that. I think it's really easy to say let's, you know, take action. And yeah, you need to take action. Sometimes taking action will, will guide you down a different paths, but you have to understand what the goal is. Like where, where is it that you want to be? What's the intention? I like how you use the word. It starts with intention. Like what intentionality is there? Right. Mm -hmm. Hell, I mean, I would love to lose weight. I always talk about it, but I also like food. Right. And I, yeah. I know what my healthy balance is for myself and what my confidence is at a sitting weight of where I'm at today, right? It's mm -hmm. something that I struggle with all the time, body dysmorphia, but you know, I'm comfortable and confident at where I sit, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, I want to lose weight, but my intention, is there's no intention to it because like, I don't feel bad. Like I'm healthy and I'm, I feel good. I move well. Like it's really important to understand what the intention is before mm -hmm. you can just say, oh yeah, let's, let's lose weight because somebody tells me I need to, or I am a little overweight from a body mass index. Like how do you feel in your you know, your skin, like, how do you feel daily? Do you feel good? Do you feel bad? Do you feel that you need to make these changes and why are those changes happening? Cause I love that you say, start with intention. Yeah. And, and by setting that intention too, we will see little road, road, let's say like road bumps or, or along the way signs and symptoms that let us know that we're making change. Like weight loss is an easy one. Like I want to lose weight. Like, how do you know you're losing weight? Well, my clothes are fitting better. Okay. We have to celebrate those wins. So my, my clients, we do a book of proof. And so you can get all these signs from the universe. And if you don't, if you're not clear on what you want, those signs are going to grow right past your head, head, right? You're not going to catch them, right? And if you don't catch that and celebrate that, that is a huge part that, that tells your subconscious, I want more. I'm on the way. I'm fucking doing it. And you write that down. You go, I always tell my clients, like, figure out what that reward is for me. If I sign on a new client, like, dude, I'm buying myself a steak, right? Like I had, I had a client that um, every time they had a sign, they would put some money in a, in a little jar and it was for their, uh, their honeymoon that was coming up, right? Whatever that is, be clear on what you want. Look for the signs. When you see them, celebrate. And, and like even those, those signs can show up in, in our negative self, our ego, whatever you want to call it, can come up with other... Um, with other ideas, like can negative, look at it from a negative light. So say I want more money and I got a check in the mail, but it was really for my neighbor. 
Okay, so you can look at that and say like, fuck, man, like I got, I got money in the mail, but it's for my damn neighbor. Like, no, man, I got money in the mail. Like, let's be stoked for that. The universe is responding. Give me some more. Give me some more reason to get excited and celebrate. I love that. Um, what was the scariest thing about starting your own business? Um, not knowing that it was going to work, right? Like I had this nice cushy job at, at 25 years old. Um, I had a six figure income. I was building a house and everyone around me said, uh, man, you got the perfect life. Well, I didn't feel like I had the perfect life. I would go to Starbucks and I'd see the, the barista behind the counter smiling and serving coffee and I'd start crying because I was so unhappy where I was at. And so um, leaving that, that, uh, that comfort, that was hard. You know, um, comfort, I mean, uh, change is, is, is scary. It's cold, right? Like it's not warm in that pool, but that pool, it's called, I call it the pee-pee pool. Because everybody's in the pee-pee pool, keeping each other warm, peeing on each other. But if you want to change, you got to step out of the pool and into the breeze and accept that change is going to be hard, you know. And so then it, then it's about, again, being clear on what you want, working towards it. And those little wins, it, it, over time, if you keep, what is it, like the, uh, the uh, how do you say that? The thing that you push, uh, anyways, it's like like a wheel for fortune or... Um, yeah, you, you push the wheel around once and, you know, maybe the first year it goes around one time. You keep pushing. Eventually it goes around twice. Before you know it, the thing's running itself and, and it's awesome. But and that takes time and effort and, and not turning back when it's hard. So you got to embrace that. Uh, got to embrace the cool breeze, man. I love it. I love that. You know, I think it's, it's really interesting because I think, you know, any entrepreneurship journey is hard. And when you especially when one is tied together, not only from all the scary things of, you know, leaving a family business and the pressure and, and the money and all that, but also, you know, doing it because there is a purpose and a passion from something mm. you experienced firsthand that makes everything at a, a much more just amplified level. So I think that that's super awesome. And, and, and it's exciting to see where your journey has taken you and, and, and what it's going. So as we look for, you know, look to 2023, what are, uh, what are your personal goals for next year? What are, what are the things that you're setting intention on? for 2023? Um, well, for personally, you know, that's, uh, it's, it's continuing to improve my health. You know, that's, um, gosh, that, that's a tough question, man. Like right now I've just got into therapy and, um, uh, have seen that I've been, I've, I look at all kinds of modalities of healing and, and things that I've learned over the years. And I would say that digging into the trauma that I've experienced from a lot of these, uh, health challenges, um, that I was unconscious of, didn't know it was there. Uh, digging into that has been one of the most beneficial things that I've done. So it's, it's continuing on that path. So I've been doing uh, EMDR and working with a trauma specialist and really getting clear and seeing one of the biggest lessons that I've learned so far is that uh, when I get symptoms, right, I'm learning to distinguish between what is physical and what is emotional. And a lot of that emotional stuff is coming up from past trauma. And I've, I've now asked for that change like give me an opportunity to heal that and so something my therapist and i were talking about the other day is like i called it stinking thinking and she goes let's reframe that she goes no that is not like when you're judging yourself or you know you're having certain for me i feel everything in my body so it may feel like anxiety or depression or um, insomnia and i'm learning that that those things are, are trapped trauma I've, I've gave them those labels for years and so when those things come up 
I, I pause, I acknowledge myself, I talk to my soul, whatever you want to say, I put my hand on my heart and I say, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to heal. Because I know that if I can heal that, then the reaction to um, these these traumas, I'm able to deal with that better and, and it goes away. It's, it's a beautiful thing. So personally, that's where I'm going with my business. Um, it's just continuing to help people. Um, I, I don't work with more than 10 people at a time for people for about six to 12 months. So really I'm looking for about, you know, five people uh, every month. You know, that, that, that's my goal for this year. I, I, I don't really do a good job in the past of setting goals. I just kind of let people come and go. And I've had big years and I've had slow years. The last two, thank goodness, have been really well. And I'd like to just keep that momentum going and uh, keep pushing that, that ring around so that it's, uh, I've got clients coming in um, each and every month that, uh, where I can use my purpose and my passion and, and help other people. I love that. That's, that's awesome. You know, I think it's really important. You, know, you talk a lot about attention and we talked about it all episodes. So it was great to hear what your intention is for yourself personally and professionally next year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mitch, <clears throat> as always, it's, it's always so much fun catching up with you and I appreciate you sharing and opening up about your story. Uh, there's a lot there. And I think that, you know, for anyone out there that is dealing, you know, each of us as humans have some sort of, um, trauma that we deal with on a regular basis mm-hmm. and if it ever gets to a point where it, it's really causing problems talk to somebody there's always somebody to listen you know Absolutely. the two of us you know you, you will have the, all our contact details in the show notes like the first step is talking about it and and you know having gone through you know my own challenges and, and you kind of sharing yours we both know the power of the people around us and when you surround yourself with good people that are there to oh, listen yeah. and help it makes a big difference. And I think that's, you know, it, it comes out to the show. Your purpose and passion is to help others go through so they don't have to spend 10 to 15 years of wanting to to feel not right or feel unwhole to, mm-hmm. to feel whole again. And I think that's really, really important. And I think that for everyone out there, it's taking that first step, talk to somebody. And if Absolutely. that needs to be Mitch or myself, we're here for that. I mean, I think that's such a great thing that you aren't afraid to talk about is that you, you went and asked for help at every stage of the way, because it sucks feeling like that, you know? And I think so many of us are stigmatized to, to kind of man up, especially from a male perspective. Right. Um, which it's, it's, that's a whole other bag of worms, but uh, I appreciate you sharing your story and, and, and opening up to us with that, with that. How can my listeners find you? Where, uh, where can they connect with you to learn more about your journey and how to get involved um, or hire you? Um, so best place to find me right now is probably LinkedIn under Mitch Webb, um, Instagram, K Mitch Webb. Um, obviously I'm on Facebook as well. I've got a, a private group uh, called help, help transformers that I'm happy to, uh, bring anybody into. Uh, I do have a website. It's MitchWebb.com. It doesn't really represent me well right now. I'm working on that. So I'll be looking for some updates for that, uh, towards the first of the year. And I'm always happy to answer questions and provide as much value as I can promise I'm not going to sell you. Uh, I think everybody deserves to be healthy. If you got questions, the first 30 minutes are always free. Um, so you can shoot me an email. Um, I'll, I'll get you, or shoot me an email at uh, Mitch at MitchWeb.com. Contact me on any of the social medias that I, I uh, 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 just mentioned, and I'm, I'm happy to uh, help any way that I can. Mitch, thank you so much for being a part of the show. I uh, really enjoyed having you on. I'll make sure to add all of your uh, links into the show notes so they can get a hold of you. Bear Nation, thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of you know 2022 as we close out. Have wonderful holiday season. Um, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, all the things. And be ready to set intention for 2023. This is your episode. If you haven't set intentions for 2023 yet, set them now um, while you still can. 
Bear Nation, thank you so much. Stay well and rise up. Bear Nation, thanks for listening to the Bear Necessities of Entrepreneurship. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. 